Hello, and welcome to the Meet Your Species podcast. My name is Heath, and I'm your host. This is the podcast where we get to know people on a deeper level, get to know who they are and why they think the way they think, what they think about the world around them, because the world is just individual people, and those individual people are the ones around you. So you might as well get to know who they are, right? Now, this is a very special episode because this is the very first one we ever did. This was back in 2014, and currently it's 2020, so it's been a few years. But uh, if you're watching a video, um, the you know one of the cameras died. I was not really good at doing this yet, so I apologize for that, but it still turned out really well. I really enjoyed this podcast, and we had a guest named Bobby Taylor, who is now married, so congratulations to Bobby and his beautiful wife. But uh, I hope you really enjoyed this podcast, getting to know Bobby and who he is, because I found him to be a fascinating person and a good friend. So without further ado, I give you Mr. Bobby Taylor. There you go. So, welcome. <laughs> uh, this is the first podcast. Thank you for being on. And let's dive in. Um, I want to start with kind of give, give me a view of what was your childhood like? Like, what formed the way you think about things? Were there important people or experiences or just... Yeah, um, I think my parents were a really key part to that, uh, specifically because they just kind of let me be who I was. Um, they didn't really impose a lot of restrictions or labels on who I am or how I should be. Kind of let me just figure things out on my own. Um, yeah, so I mean, that, that really shapes the way I think because I had to figure everything out. Yeah. So what, what did what did they do? Um, do you mean like what did they do for work or like what did they yeah. do? Yeah, or, or hobbies or like what, what was like your childhood like? Uh, Apart from them letting you do your thing, like... Yeah. Are... Well, I mean, my parents worked. Uh, they would go to work like, um, you know, nine to five, that sort of thing. Normal corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I went to school and I'd get out of school and do my homework and then I'd go skateboard for a while, explore the neighborhood. Uh, we did a lot of paintballing, a lot of just kind of doing whatever, you know, kids yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Where was this at? Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Ohio. um, between Westerville and, uh, Columbus mostly. Interesting. So I spent a lot of time up toward Cleveland, but, uh, I don't. I don't know a whole lot about Columbus. Have you been to both? Like, do you know what the... Yeah, I had a friend in Cleveland. Um, The music scene's pretty cool up there. They've got a bunch of really good venues like the Grog Shop and uh, Peabody's Down Under. Mm -hmm. And then Columbus has got a pretty good music scene as well. I think because it's so boring there, people... (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. I mean, it's, it's so boring there that people just get, like, creative and start doing random stuff because there's not... I don't know what it is about it. I mean, it's like a city, just like any other city, but it's just, it's really unbearable. <laughs> like yeah. everybody who lives there moves. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So did you, did you play any sports or anything growing up or was it mostly just kind of tooling around doing your thing? Yeah. I mean, I played soccer a little bit, like when I was real young, I want to say like maybe six and, uh, I remember my coaches would always tell me, you know, because I was always doing my own thing to stay away from the the, the pack, the group, mm-hmm. um, because the ball would often go away from there. And then I'd be like, hey, look, free ball. Hey, look, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Exactly. Just doing my own thing over here. Um, 
I also like uh, baseball a lot, actually. Um, the only thing I really didn't like about it is I always got stuck on teams where people weren't as invested in the game. So that would drive mm-hmm. me crazy when they just be like, oh, yeah, it's, I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to take this seriously at all. Um, yeah, baseball. I did uh, martial arts, too, Taekwondo, for a while. And then okay. after I got my first degree black belt, um, I would spar with like friends, and, you know, they'd like study Muay Thai, uh, Kempo, things like that. Mm-hmm. And as far as like, I, like activities, sports and things like that go, that's probably about it. Um, more, I guess, like sports that aren't like considered, I guess like normal sports where like I skateboarded a lot, BMX, uh, it rock climbing. Seems to be a common theme up north. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I fell down this gigantic, uh, it was just a big dirt mound on my bike and it was, I don't remember specifically why that event sticks out so much in my head. I think it was because it was like, I was afraid to go up there and exactly what I was afraid of happening happened, but it was kind of okay afterwards. Like it didn't, you know, I wasn't completely broken or anything like that. Right. You weren't jumping an 80 foot thing and like shorted Mm -hmm. it. No, no, no. But I did fall. I want to say I probably, no, I broke a lot of things too, like growing up, like fingers, hands, wrists. Yeah. Uh, yeah, between like skateboarding and stuff like that. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah riding around on concrete, that always scared me because I grew up on a farm, so I was used to dirt and I was like, okay, I've fallen here plenty of times. Not so bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. I liked to climb trees a lot too when I was a kid. I remember the first house we lived in, we had a big tree in the backyard and we used to climb. I probably wasn't very big, but being little, like, I remember it appearing to be gigantic. <laughs> but, yeah. It's pretty crazy how when you're a kid, things seem like, okay, that tree's tall, but fuck it. And yeah. then you get up there and you're like, oh, I'm like, that's a two-story barn. I'm looking over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole thing about, like, perspective is really weird because as you grow, not only just, you know, height and things like that, but your your mental capabilities, like, you know, being an adult, I never, you know, you're a kid, you're like, oh, I can't wait to be an adult or whatever. And even if you're not like really enthusiastic about it, I think just inherently people want to be older to be like, take me seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had no idea being like a grown up, an adult, whatever, it was more about the, the perspective change, like the way your brain finally stops molding and you're all of a sudden aware of so much more stuff. Like there's stuff everywhere. Yeah. Theories, ideas, um, hierarchies. And not only that, but I mean, just the, it's, it's weird to see that, like you learn about the sun and how a plant then creates energy from the sun directly, you know, photosynthesis and that sort of thing. And then, the plant becomes food for another animal and the animal becomes food for you. And then all of that, it's just a big long cycle. And then you learn about, you know, like the ethics that go into each step and what is moral and all of that. And you just keep learning more and more and more. Yeah. You can go in any rabbit hole in any direction. Yeah. And especially, yeah, especially with, I think, probably every generation that's had to experience the internet, but I think ours in particular where we had both. Yeah. We're not quite had it our whole <laughs> life. And it, even if we, when we was young, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't what it is. Yeah. So just that exposure to like, 
holy crap, it just keeps going. Yeah, and going and going. And I'm wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, that's a the internet's totally revolutionized the the whole perspective thing because you really can just go any any perspective anywhere. I mean, information you use information to make decisions. So what happens when we do gather perfect information? Is that even possible? I don't think so. <laughs> I think we've learned so much that we've learned that you don't know anything. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of a, <laughs> kind of a mindfuck. The paradoxical aspect of life there. Yeah, and I think that's possibly why a lot of people don't bother learning that far because they have a feeling that they're going to get to a point where they realize nothing matters and then they well, don't want to go there. I don't. I don't think that it's that nothing matters. I think it. It's again is all about perspective. I mean, if you want to have a very specific perspective on something, you can quite literally go and seek the information to change your perspective to be exactly what you want it to be. Yeah. I mean, we live in this like almost godly world now, where we can create and do almost anything. Mm-hmm. It's what you want. Are you want to 3D print something? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You want a house? Let me print you a house. <laughs> like, like, you want to print skin? Yeah, no, that's a thing now too. It's it's crazy that technology just keeps advancing like that because, I mean, it's it, it's what are generations later going to do? I like, is there a saturation point where we have so much technology and information that we just really can't? comprehend it or work with it it's just too overwhelming like all of our senses are overwhelmed that sort of thing i think i think so. biological human beings <laughs> i think so though yeah. i was i was learning someone was explaining uh how when when things start growing especially like in the, you've got like the level of cells mm-hmm. cells are just a whole bunch of these little other atoms that like get to a point where the membrane can't expand anymore yeah so you have to have start multiple cells mm-hmm. and then it just keeps going and going and going to where there's there's no thing that can be in a limited size. It has to break and be lots of little things working together. So somehow we're going to have to, not that we aren't already, but in, in a different sense, because our brains are reaching their limit of, at some point, we're not going to be able to absorb everything. Yeah. We can't process everything as it is. So It's a weird concept to think about. What does that mean? Because people s- seem to be scared, especially in conspiracy theories, about the hive mentality and like new world order and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the board, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a very negative way to look at it. There's, yeah. there's got to be a, a way we can set intent for what we want and work toward a goal rather than be scared of something that isn't even real yet. Yeah, technophobia is really interesting to see people afraid of like new technologies and things like that. Like, there's a running joke that like. I want to say it's like everything from your 30s and after is like weird and foreign and crazy and like everything yeah. before that's like new and interesting and just the way it is you know and under like 15 is like oh it's just natural it's yeah like it's always <laughs> something like that yeah that's a weird thought as well yeah especially when you get just old enough to realize that you don't like you're, you're just enough past let's say college and younger that different like people see things completely different than yeah. you do like the way you did when you were that age yeah yeah that's that's always something weird too like when you think about thoughts I guess more like experiences like when you think about experiences that you've had when you were younger or something and then with your new perspective and you, you see it in a totally different light and you're just kind of like oh that's totally a whole different thing now like it, it, the, the meaning and everything completely changes that's weird as well yeah definitely (laughs) 
So, uh, going back to you, what were what were the um, maybe a few like pivotal points that that changed you and made you get to the point you are now? Oh man, that's tough. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever yeah. you're comfortable with. But no, I mean, like I just it's it's hard to think about those sorts of things because the way that I think about my life, it's not it's it's a continuous. And so to think that like there's been very specific moments is a foreign idea to me almost because um, yeah. I, I, I think about like determinism. So quite literally everything that happened is made me who I am. Um, so I guess I guess some of those big pivotal points, I guess, would be like a philosophy. Uh, like when I first got into philosophy, it's probably about seventh or eighth grade, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I was studying humanities, you know, studied with it, art, religion, uh, literature, and philosophy of different secular areas in time. I, I was fascinated by the, the great minds, I guess you could say, and how they perceived things and at the time with the information that they had. So I guess, like, studying humanities was a big pivotal point. Um, was there a particular person that you were reading that struck you or like really made you think about things or something? the allegory of the cave yeah that, that was always that's always been my favorite and the first the first uh metaphor that really just took a hold of me is the the idea that there's a man sitting with like a a low bench you know like as high as this table or so with his back against it and somewhere behind there is a, a fire and he can see shadows on the walls and, you know, like hear voices and things. And that's his whole life. You know, that's all he can understand right now. Well, what if he became unshackled, you know, like he was uh, restrained against the wall. So what if he was able to stand up and look at the people making the noises, the, you know, whatever it is making the noises, what he can actually see the fire or the light source. And, you know, what if it's not a fire? What if it's a, a different source of light that, you know, Flashlight the Doctor Who left behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something, I mean, like, who knows? And then what if he leaves the cave and just, you know, goes outside and explores his environment? So with all that new information, can you ever go back to just sitting against the wall with that, sit, like, that same limited perspective? And I don't think you can. I think there's a lot of things that you you learn as you go through life that you just, you can't unlearn. Yeah. Short of brain you. trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it goes, you know, full circle to exactly what we were just talking about before with like the, the, uh, you know, being a kid and then having different perspectives later on. Like you can't, you can't go back in, in terms of your perspectives. Um, yeah. So, that was a big pickle point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worked out very nicely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as any others, though, um, I mean, like, I, I think athletically and stuff, like getting into skateboarding, having those sorts of opportunities, getting, having the opportunities to try a lot of different things, like paintball and stuff like that, see what I like, what I don't like. Um, I think just kind of all of those in general, like, just everything that's that's happened is kind of in in my view important <laughs> definitely to being who i am 
So would you say, I, I feel like there's a, a sense of um, lessons you learn from team sports like soccer where they're still can't independent. Teams suck. <laughs> they certainly can. For the most part. <laughs> but, yeah. but there's definitely, I think some people take away from that, especially on a lot of football teams. Yeah, like yeah. They really get the camaraderie and the group effort. Yeah. But then when you do things like skateboarding or whatever, you get a... Um, a sense of independence where it's all on you. Yeah, uh, there. I, I definitely am very independent. I think um, I've, I've always kind of had to be though. Yeah. Just because you know, if I wanted to go do something, there's nobody else to go do something with. I'll, I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as like team sports and things and com- camaraderie go, um, I mean that that's all fun. It's it's definitely you can get that from like independent things as well. You can be independent while being part of a group, I think, which is almost like a paradox. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, I mean, yeah. we're all one, but we're all... Yeah, I mean, like, we used to, they call them crews, I guess, like, when you skate with a crew or whatever, and then that way, you know, you can, like, make skateboarding videos together, teach each other tricks. Um, it, it's still a shared experience, but I think it's more of an independent shared experience where your experience is almost, like, a more unique to yourself like your the team's success you know somebody else's success isn't necessarily your success in that sort of aspect mm-hmm. yeah yeah and as a kid i think this maybe was just like a north thing i don't know maybe people did it down here but uh we had uh this one skate park we always go to yeah and they had like the half pipes and i used to do the rollerblades instead of the skateboard because friend of mine <laughs> yeah everyone hated them yeah. but i just didn't care for booter exactly <laughs> <laughs> But for me, it was that I had a friend who was skateboarding and he uh, tried to do a kickflip, but it, he like messed up and like nicked his sack. And yeah, after that, yeah. I was like, I don't want... Oh yeah, that's happened. <laughs> I just didn't want to ever have that problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was that I was so fascinated with skateboarding. I mean, I still like it a lot, even to this day. Um, we got I got hired to do sound for an event recently. And so I was hanging out there running sound. And in between sets, I was like, I mean, it was a really nice concrete floor, so I grabbed my skateboard and kind of skated around in this warehouse. It was really fun. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is specifically about it that just captures my interest. Uh, it's, it's skateboarding. Like, I mean, you would think after breaking, like, all of my fingers, my wrists, my ribs, uh, ankles, toes, feet, like, I wouldn't, I'd be like, no, I don't want to skate anymore. It's dangerous. And I'm like, I want to go skate. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> something about it. Yeah. <laughs> I found that extreme sports like that were, because I just, my brain was always going. I like, mm-hmm. I had trouble seeing and hearing when I was little. So I think a lot of my energy got put inward because hmm. I didn't have anywhere to put it externally. Yeah. And so because of that, it was hard for me to be completely present mm-hmm. in something. And extreme sports force you to because otherwise you're going <laughs> to yeah. fall off that cliff or whatever. Totally. Yeah, you'll get hurt, man. So maybe, maybe that's part of it. The skateboarding isn't inherently dangerous, a little bit more so than the other. Yeah, maybe. I do tend to like, I guess, more risky endeavors. <laughs> you know, dirt biking, things like that. Really fun. I like it a lot. Adrenaline jungle of some sort. <laughs> Give me all the caffeine you got. <laughs> Let's go, Red Bull. <laughs> um, all right, so leading up to, so that's like past now coming into the present like what is what is your life right now and and how has your past impacted like how, how have you gotten to where you are hmm um 
Do you mean like here in Georgia or like what I'm doing professionally or like hobby wise or uh, any of them or any all of them? them? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess presently I have a, a very full life right now. Um, I have a, you know, a professional career that I'm pursuing in sales with my business management degree and um, like hobby wise, you know, spin fire, make music, um, skateboard still, like whenever I can, still try to rock climb whenever I can. Uh, um, but I mean, it takes up a lot of, like all of, everything takes up a lot of time. I'm always doing stuff, like interviewing for a podcast. <laughs> like, yeah. So I guess presently, I, I mean, it's, I'm trying to, I guess, figure out the next move. Like what, what do you do when your life is so full and rewarding? Like, is it, can it be better? Is this something I should try to sustain and maintain for as long as possible? Is it unrealistic? I don't know. Um, I've never really been in this sort of position before. Yeah. It's kind of weird to think about. Where you have to start reflecting because you do so many things. Sort of. I mean, like growing up, I didn't have, I, I was always working really hard because, you know, my family didn't really have a lot of money. So anything I wanted, I had to work really hard for. Well, okay, well, I've got all the material things now, so I don't really have to work as hard. I don't really have any debt anymore because I worked hard to pay it off. So it's like, you know, f financially, it's not like, a, like there's no, there's no goals financially to work towards. I mean, other than, you know, savings, 401k, that kind of thing. But so then it comes down to what do I want to do? Well, I mean, I've got a, a pretty good career uh, professionally. I've got a lot of hobbies that are fun and interesting and I enjoy doing them. But then what, what's beyond that? Like, what's the next step? Like, do you pursue a different career or do you just stay in the same one? Like, who do you... I'm at that weird position in life where I get to define what I want to be, who I want to be. And so I've never really had to spend a lot of time thinking about that before. It's always been so consumed with everything else, trying mm -hmm. to... Get out of the grind. Yeah, exactly. It's mm -hmm. weird. Are there... Not in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that kind of the goal, right? To get to that point? Yeah. But then there's no instructions on what to do after that. There's no instructions. <laughs> exactly. It's like you get there and then what? It's... it's, it's I don't know. It's like rushing to a red light almost. It's, you get there and then instead of a road, it's just open. It, it's a desert. I mean, and then... Which direction do you want to go? What do you want to do once you're out there? Do you stay in the car? Do you get out of the car? Do you build a house? Do you start a family? Do you not? Do you just keep traveling and see where it goes? I mean, it's it's overwhelming how many options are out there. To, Definitely. Yeah. I think that's uh, a lot of why marketing back in the... When PR came to really be... They're mm -hmm. like, no, no, they need fewer options. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, because then when you when you have limitless options, it's, it's really difficult to decide what you want to be or what you want to do. And then it almost feels like a waste to not decide, like not to transform into something that you want to be, or at least try to. Yeah. yeah. That's, that seems to be a lot of people's issue is that they don't really know what they want because yeah. they only ever had to do follow the path, keep mm -hmm. going to school, keep whatever, but don't worry about anything else because you can't yeah like if money were no option and society didn't exist any sort of like peer pressure kind of way trying to tell you what what to be what to do what do you do i mean i don't know 
<laughs> like there's yeah it's just it's so so overwhelming to think about that you could like in in those sort of circumstances like if you if you could have food or whatever i mean do you just hang out or explore or it's just weird i don't know i wonder if that's why when people started realizing they could rule over people they're like we need to take away this they're not doing anything they yeah. could be doing my thing. I don't see. I don't even think. Yeah, I don't even think I would like. I don't even know that I would enjoy that. I mean, I guess like if I wanted to, be like, man, I want a, I want a big gigantic castle. I'm gonna get people to build me a big gigantic castle and then rule over them. Like that doesn't sound appealing to me. Yeah, but isn't it crazy that that's pretty much exactly what happened? I mean, I guess. <laughs> Someone was like, you know what? You should be doing what I want you to do. Yeah. And then kind of figured out how to make them do it. Yeah, you want to talk about, like, butterfly effect. Like, who was that first guy that was like, I'm going to get you to do one thing for me? I've got an idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting concept, though, because it's essentially what humans figured out how to do is leverage energy, whether it's other people's or plants or, or technology or whatever. I was having fun with the thought the other day how... Uh, kind of breaking down the humanitarian aspect of being human. Like if you really think about it, we consume all of this other, you know, complex energy and things like that, that you want to, you know, like food and stuff like that. Um, A berry is quite literally sun and nutrients combined to be a berry. And then you eat that. And really all you do with it is create thoughts and synapses, you know, fire synapses and stuff. And so essentially all we really are is like these thought machines that just constantly consume other forms of energy and just transform it into thoughts, essentially. Yeah. And then mushrooms come along and fuck everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Uh, um, All right. Well, so I guess that we kind of know who you are and what you think about life. (laughs) So what, in this state that you're in now where you kind of have time to think about stuff that's really what it comes down to because you've gotten rid of most of the obstacles so what's what's left what's uh what do you still feel like is directly impacting you either positively or negatively in the world what's what's going on that um is is worth focusing on now hmm I really don't know. Um, I mean, like, the, the everything is still impacting me just the same way it was before, but I guess I have a bit of a different perspective. So, you know, I still have to make money. I still have to go to work. Um, I still have to pay attention to those sorts of things, even, you know, even if I don't want to. Um, I think that's I think that's kind of what I'm struggling with, too, right now, is trying to figure out, like, that sort of... Like, what is important to me right now? Because so many different things are always going to impact me. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I guess uh, the things that positively impact me are going to be, like, relationships, you know, people who are friends and make my life more fulfilling. Um, We get to do things together, that sort of thing. Makes you happy. Releases oxytocin. (laughs) Um, yeah, um, uh, positive impacts. I don't know. What do you, 
what are some normal things, I guess, that like people are positively impacted by? Well, I mean, I think it's it's pretty easy to look at, okay, well, as much as people complain about government or being controlled by different <laughs> corporate interests and stuff, at the end of the day, we have a really freaking awesome life in, a, in yeah. this country. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I really dislike the fact that that all comes on the backs of other people. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily my fault, but I am a contributing factor. So that's something that... Yeah, I see exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um, that is, I mean, social injustices, are, uh, that's something I've always been very interested in. Um, because you're right, it, it's very difficult to know. Um, like, how, what role you have in, in the, the big machine. Because it was like that when I was young, so it's mm-hmm. natural and just always like that. Yeah, just being self-aware. <laughs> yeah, um... So it, it could be uh, things like that, or, or for some people it's as simple as, all right, well, we've got all these issues and people are having so much trouble. Uh, it, it, if you want to look from a corporate perspective, well, traffic is a huge waste of time, which mm-hmm. if time is money, then that's an issue. We could fix that with actually having public transit that works. Yeah. I mean, you can work from home. Fuck it. Yeah, that's another option. Like living in the here. Internet of Things, man. I mean, everything is connected to the Internet these days. You could quite literally just do most anything from a laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or there's like the issue of uh, how automation and robotics are, are pretty much going to take out, let's say, a solid twenty five percent of the the labor force, just because most of it's transportation. So yeah. if you have automatic cars. You have like shipping containers and things like that. Well, that's a whole bunch of jobs, uh, like a port authority, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, manufacturing, all these things that are tedious, uh, repetitive tasks that people make mistakes on. Robots work for a lot cheaper and don't really make mistakes unless they're malfunctioning. Yeah, I would love to to see almost everything automated as a society. We get to a point where we don't really have to use money anymore because there are no like real jobs to. I mean, there obviously there would be things to maintain, but what would be the point if our food grows automatically, our transportation is automatic, we don't have any real jobs? I think that's a crazy thing to think about because what I think people would get to a point similar to like what I'm experiencing right now where I'm just like, man, I don't have any real problems right now. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> yeah, and in, in there's like the realistic possibility that, yeah, for a lot of people they would decide what they want to do and like, I don't know, go travel or whatever. But some people would think, Oh, how can I manipulate the situation? And so it sucks because it's I don't think that way. Yeah. I don't think that way either. But there's 7 billion people. So that is very or, true. Yeah. Yeah. 7 You're billion. right. Yeah. It's growing like every day. Well, that's actually really funny that you say that because that was the number when like you and I were growing up. I want to say that I looked it up recently. I think it's like closer to like nine now like eight really? and a half or something like that yeah it's, it, it grows very quickly like yeah. exponentially and what scares me about the population <laughs> growth is that it's not here it's in slums it's in india yeah. it's American stuff and that's not a good situation i don't want that to be where people are thriving because... <laughs> well more than that i mean there's concrete and walls and squares and cubes and sex it's like rampant selling people for prostitution and stuff it's yeah like not a pretty picture no that's not okay and that's something it's weird because I mean that 
you know, in, in multiple different degrees, I guess that does, that's something that would impact me, but it's something that I don't really experience or see at all. Mm-hmm. So, this is rough. I wouldn't either if it wasn't for documentaries. And yeah, YouTube. I mean, exactly. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so much fun just watching movies on Netflix these days. Oh, God. Yeah. And as, as an actor, I think about characters when I watch that kind of thing, yeah. like movies. And the one thing I almost never see characters in movies doing, the ones that people usually like, is watching TV. But that's what I do <laughs> all the time. And yeah. it's not even like Game of Thrones, it's documentaries. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like a lot of the, like I like Star Trek, like sci-fi stuff, but the, it's like Game of Thrones and you know, like Dexter and stuff like that. Like, I don't feel there's any real substance to a lot of them. A lot of them, I feel like it's just people wanting to see people get stabbed and killed <laughs> and get naked and stuff just like that. Entertainment. Yeah. But we have, what's that called? The, the mirror nerve, where mm-hmm. when you watch something or somebody doing something, it lights up your brain just about the same as if you were actually doing it. Hmm. So, like when you see people have sex in porn, it's lighting up your brain the same way as if you were having sex, even if you're not. And that's unlimited. So it's like empathy. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But what are we choosing to empathize with? Yeah. Hmm. All these horror films and stuff, like The Hostel or Grudge or whatever it is. I don't even know. No, what is I it? Don't it's, think other. <laughs> it's for the best. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. Like, when I watch shows and stuff, it's mostly just like, you know, Star Trek series things to do in my downtime. Like, when I've got, you know, wake up. 20 minutes before my alarm goes off. What am I do for those 20 minutes? Watch an episode or something. Yeah. Maybe read a book. Books. I like books. Yeah, it's weird because I don't really meet a lot of people who read randomly. Like, I mean, people tend to, at least in my experience, the people I've met tend to like, like this one author and then they'll go through and they'll read all those books and then they'll go and find books that are similar to that sort of thing and they follow down like this linear path of how they choose to read and I feel like people are just like oh you should read this I'm like alright yeah <laughs> like, I don't care what it is yeah let's read it I don't, I don't feel very uh... so what, what kinds of things do you usually read exactly. I mean literally yeah. everything but, uh, <laughs> but on the times when you choose to pick something up do you go to a certain section sometimes um, or do you just jump around yeah, I just kind of jump around. Like, I just finished up a book uh, about, like, how to travel the world on $50 a day or less or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good book, actually. It's very informational. I like it a lot. Um, I'm going to use the crap out of that book. <laughs> <laughs> Information. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the next thing I'm about to read is, like, a... I don't even know how to describe it. It's, like, a satirical thing I think it, it, I don't really know too much about it and somebody was just like you should read this it sounds like this we're talking about something they're like this book is like basically what you're talking about you should read it I'm like alright um, but it's it's like the it's called Flatland it's like a two dimensional object living in a three dimensional world it's, it's like a they're just like Flat geometrics family. yeah but they're just like geometric shapes but I guess they're like Personalized, the one they fall in love, but it's like impossible. I don't, I don't know. It sounds <laughs> weird. Shapes of love. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it's it's interesting, and so my friend was like, "You should read it." And I was like, "All right." Um, I guess that's my theme of things I read is basically just almost anything anybody suggests. Yeah. Have you ever thought about writing a book? 
Yes, multiple times. I don't know that I possess the capabilities to write a book. Um, I was sure you do with Amazon. Yeah, I, well, I was always very bad with English. I still am. Um, I, I struggle with the ideas of knowing how much a person knows and how to properly convey the message that I'm trying to say. Because in my head, it's just all this just thought everywhere. Just yeah, And I don't know how much of it I need to put out, basically, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's why I like video, because... Uh, especially with YouTube and their annotation series, mm -hmm. I can use a mind map and get all my thoughts out and go down every rabbit hole and then just make them into like three to ten minute videos <laughs> and link yeah. so people can choose how far down they want to go. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, in a sense, I think that's also why I like music so much is because it's, I mean, you just pick up an instrument and start essentially playing what you're thinking. You can just do that endlessly. Like, it doesn't have to be any sort of like real right or reason people just like, that the message that it sends is still completely open to interpretation mm -hmm. so yeah that's cool yeah i wanted to I've, I've wanted to write a book about um all the weird metaphors and like philosoph philosophical things i think about um i have i have the the idea for the concept of it and how I would want it presented, but I, I don't know how to nail down exactly what I want to be in there, as well as like, I don't know, I guess the, the purpose of it, I guess, would be to kind of try to get people to think the way I do, almost, but yeah. in a more open sort of so like use this the system of the way you think rather than have your thoughts think what I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, basically just think for yourself and how to obtain information and how to manipulate the information to provide different perspectives. Um, and sort of the the things that I first thought about that created that. Um, as an example, uh, I realized that in a sense, you can't ever actually die because you'll never experience death because by the time you're dead, by definition, you're dead. So you, you can't can comprehend it. Um, you know, if it takes light, I think it's like 0 0.0083 seconds or something like that, you know, a fraction of a second for light to travel to your eye, for you to flip the image, for your brain to comprehend it, and then... Uh, reacts to it. I mean, it, it all takes a, a very, it's next to real time, but you're never actually here now. But, but that would mean that you're using light as the thing that you have to process in order. Yeah. But what if, so like, uh, you have other senses besides vision of light? It's still all controlled, all of your reality is still controlled by your brain. You know, the way you perceive everything. So even sound, it has to, the sound wave has to hit your eardrum, your eardrum vibrates, the signal of the vibration is sent down to your nerves, into your brain, your brain reads the message and then says, this is what it is. And that takes a fraction of a second. So whatever you just heard, whatever you think you're hearing right this very moment, that moment's already passed. So you're never in real time, ever. <laughs> it's true. all it's always completely reactionary and so what does that what does that mean that means 
Well, for one, you'll never experience death. I mean, you will by not experiencing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you're reincarnated and you're just back in someone's. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Like, I was recently assaulted and knocked out, and I don't remember that. I, you know, the, the doctor was like, how long were you knocked out for? What do you mean? I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> is this a joke? <laughs> So that's, that's kind of the whole thing. I mean, if you're reincarnated, I mean, do you still actually experience death? Or is it like when you're knocked unconscious and you don't know how much time is spent, you're not conscious, like nothing is there? That is true. Especially since time is kind of something we've constructed. Yeah. That's crazy. That how... was a mindfuck when I realized it. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that goes exactly into what, you know, I'm trying to say in that the sense that you're never actually experiencing things in real time but that's the whole thing this time isn't really real you know <laughs> I, I had a thought recently i was thinking okay so you know how if you put a plant in time lapse you can see things unfolding and through yeah. that you can realize that they do actually perceive each other and things like mm-hmm. that so what if they're just going through time slower oh yeah totally they I mean, plants live significantly longer than Human beings do. Some of them, yeah. Well, yeah, some of them. <laughs> some but, trees, specifically. <laughs> but so here's the thought. Are different people, like, you know how some people are, like, super hyperactive and, like, able to move through and, like, think really quickly and stuff like that? What yeah. if they're just going through time a little bit faster and they have more time to process? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I was really hyper as a kid. I'm still pretty hyper, usually. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still spin fire and skateboard, and I just have this abundance of energy I don't know what to do with all the time. Um, channel into other things, make art, music, run around, get sexy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's It's an interesting thought. I like that idea. Um, I think that the way I process information is probably... I don't want to say faster, but I mean, it's people, this is the third time I'm being interviewed this year. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people tend to th- notice that I, I comprehend things, I guess, in a different sort of manner. And so I think that you're right in a sense that I think people do process information differently. You are totally right, actually, because there's a little Latin inhibition as well, where your, lat- your latency or latency, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but um, it's, it all has to do with how you categorize stimuli and how you filter it, you know, like through your, I, I say your human filter, your human perceptions, it's whole yeah. different, whole different <laughs> rabbit hole to go down. But as an example, this microphone, instead of you may see it as a microphone or, or somebody else may somebody else may see it as like a, a grill with a tube on it and buttons and it, it moves whereas somebody else may see it as each individual tiny little part and know how it's built and so and and think about how it's processing information and that that it's kind of going about like what i was talking about when we originally set it up like oh that's four ribbons in it that's amazing and yeah, yeah. i started yeah, the you know the, <laughs> it's it's fascinating to me how just understanding how something works changes everything about what something oh, yeah. is. I mean, it's like 
I feel like most people probably when they open a door, they just they grab the door handle and open it, and they don't really think that about all the different mechanisms in the handle and how the door was constructed, the fact that the door knob is in a hole in the door. Like, it's not a single unit. It's it's multiple tiny pieces all pieced together. And mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people really think about that sort of stuff. Because it's not even just the physical as well, but the effort and energy that you spent creating it. it it's it, processes and other machines made of other tiny integral parts made that and other machines and integral parts made that it's definitely endless it's it's like uh someone's <laughs> explained to me that a computer mouse there isn't one person alive that knows how to make one from scratch because it's too many little pieces that have to come from so many different places yeah. and yet we sell them for ten dollars at big lots yeah I mean, <laughs> what do you mean exactly oh it's, it's a computer i don't think you could even build a computer from scratch like all the information all the and I, I'm sure you could, like, uh, build it once you have the parts, or from us. But yeah. I don't think you could just go out and get the... Part of silicone and start yeah. going at it. No. And especially not when you think about how it's one thing to get it physically there, but then you have all the software. Yeah, exactly. That, like, how do, you, how do you build software from scratch? Without even a computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm fascinated all the time. I'll, I'll. So like, uh, like the doorknob example. I'll think mm -hmm. like, I'm an idiot. I have no clue. <laughs> like I've taken them apart. Yeah. Yeah, but who thought to put all this together and yeah. how? And the original locks, like with the big skeleton key and like all the like, mm -hmm. what person was sitting there like, well, if I just make these little pins and rollers and shit, I'm like. I love that someone did that. Yeah. I love that someone figured out hydraulics. I, like Archimedes or what are these other people from the ancient Greeks and that, that mm -hmm. figured all these crazy things out that for that time, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I would love to, to do, you know, to create something, you know, that's like ahead of my time, but I don't think that, I mean, I, I'm still very young, but very hopeful thought, but um, I don't know. I, I feel that almost because of how much stuff there is, I, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it's, it, because it's so overwhelming, the, the amount of information that's out there. And mm -hmm. I, I wonder that, what if that is preventing some people from being able to do whatever their full potential really is? I think so. Especially like since it's, I get why well, you have such insight full potential, but hampering their ability to be great, I guess. I'd say so. And I'd say if, but well, part of that is our education system and everything that society tells them is preparing them for a, a, a time that is in the past. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of set behind from the beginning. They have to always, figure out how to function. Yeah, I always did really well in school, but hated it. Like... I hated school so much, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, in my experience, the way I the way I thought about it all was just, you know, I can read these books, I can do all this by myself, and I typically did, and then I would just sleep in class and stuff like that because it was, it was like, uh, 
I don't, I, I really didn't want to, like, there was multiple times where I researched how I can become emancipated so I can drop out of school, like, yeah. with, yeah, without my parents' permission, because I, I didn't want to be in school, and I was forced to, and it's just this weird concept that, like, yeah, you're right, it's, it's so, yeah. I became incredibly aware of it as a child because I started at this school that was like a test school based off Harvard. Yeah. And they had like all the kids sat in a circle and talked rather than doing, you know, written work while nice. listening. And the walls were all cubicle walls and there was no fourth wall. So you could see into their classes. Oh, and no one that's had, cool. Yeah. It was really cool. And no one had any idea I had ADHD like at all. Yeah. Then I moved and I got stuck in normal school and my teachers hated me and put yeah. me in the dumb class. And then I thought I was stupid for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> huh. It's just, I don't know. I, it's insane how that little shift in the way you approach teaching what the impact can be on the children. Yeah, I mean, all my teacher, I, I was tested for ADD, ADHD, like all the hyperactive disorders constantly. Because everyone was like, this kid's like crazy. And I'm like, no, I just don't want to be here right now. You're yeah, just boring. you're boring. Oh my God, are you boring? Like, I feel, so that's, a that's I guess, a, a thing that's negatively impacting me as well, is that like the way society tries to force everything to become standardized drives me crazy because I'm not, I don't want to be standardized. Don't, don't put me in your box. Yeah. I mean, I've got a pretty successful career right now, but at the same time, I've built this career almost where I'm perpetually bored because it's like, it's not challenging. Um, I don't know. Like, I'll have a I'll have a task to do. You know, we need X Y Z done by Z Y X date. I'll be like, all right, no, I'll do it probably the same day. They're like, we need it done by this day, and then I'm like, okay, well, what's next? <laughs> like just sitting around waiting. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, well, you're paying me pretty well to be bored right now. I don't really know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and even that. So that that mindset. There's so many people that. So they, they're given that task that is inherently yeah. boring to them and they procrastinate and put it off to the end. But some people just get it over with and then they're just sitting around waiting. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like both are the symptom of the same thing in a way. Yeah. Some people just have their own issues, but mm -hmm. for the most part, I think that's the deal. No, I hear you. It's, it's weird too, because it's like, not, I mean, I understand that not everybody is like that. Like, you know, they can't, they're not just so able to do basically anything that they need to do. Um, God, that's not egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, <laughs> but I think, again, if you go back to how people are raised, if they're yeah. not prepared, then, and, and you somehow instill in them feelings of doubt or shame or fear. Yeah. It's totally conceivable. I, I think most people are a lot more capable than they give themselves credit for simply because they're told that they can't or oh, they're yeah. broken down. And Totally. I know I've been a victim of that, and I'm sure more people have that are in far worse situations than I am. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one thing that I like to do now and that I've, I always have tried to do is empower people, give them the information to be whoever they want to be, you know? I don't think there's enough of that world right now. I think because a lot of society is like, oh, you have to make money. You have to earn your living. And I'm like, I don't want to 
earn my living? What if I don't want to do anything, really? Like, how do I earn that? Like, yeah. Oh, you mean I can just have food, water, shelter without debt and then do whatever the fuck I want? Yeah. Can, that would be amazing. Yeah. I would really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of my main goal. I've decided I want to not necessarily give that to people, but provide them with the information and resources required yeah. to do that if they're willing to work for it. Like, It's another big factor, too. I mean, the resources to do those sorts of things, like, as an example, the internet. Um, yeah, like growing up, we were some of the first people to have the internet. And what it is now is so different. Like my parents don't, like my as an example, I do all my own car work myself because I can just hop online and figure out how to do it from forums and mechanic talks and things like that. Um, There's YouTube videos. Yeah. Half the time it's not hard. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as an example, my father, though, he still goes to mechanical stuff and doesn't care to learn. Like, he just, it's a whole different mindset. Like, and he can do it. He's able-bodied. He has a shit ton of tools. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it's amazing the differences in, uh, in generations. And I've thought about this because of the way schools are set up, mm -hmm. they sort of teach you that, okay, these people around your age, that's its own little group, and you don't really interact with the younger, older kids, like this is your huh. wave. And that you travel through time like that all the way through adulthood until your brain's fully developed. That's weird to think about, yeah. Um, I guess I never really experienced that, like quite like that though, because my sister is 12 years older than I, and so, I'd hang out with her friends and I'd hang out with my neighbors who were older than me and then like my cousin's older than me, I'd hang out with his friends. Yeah. And I was always the the kid. Like it's it's so weird now being like I guess twenty six and my friends some of my friends are like just now turning twenty one and stuff, but I was always the youngest kid. Like mm -hmm. always. And yeah. I, I was never I, I, I can't say that I've ever really felt that pressure to only interact with like people around my same age. Oh, no. Well, and, and for me, it was actually the opposite because moving around to so many different schools, mm -hmm. I felt excluded from most of those groups because they had established that their whole life. Oh. So I was always huh. like, well, I guess I'm going to go hang out with other people yeah. because I don't like any of you. <laughs> yeah. I generally don't like a lot of people in a sense. Like, I find that a lot of people, just because of the way society is, is like, I don't want to say brainwash, but, you know, like, one of my buddies is racist, he doesn't realize he's racist, and it drives me insane, and I try to explain it in as many different ways as I can, like, that's not okay, like, what you're saying is you're, you're blanketing a statement across an entire race of people that is racist and he's like no no it's not and he tries to explain like why it's not and i'm just like no even in your explanation it's still racist and like it makes me I'm not necessarily like not like him but just not like that aspect about that he can't perceive what he's saying is it, it can be hurtful to other people you know definitely but do you do you think so from your experience, because I have my own, but from your experience, when you meet people like that, do you think that comes more from the reinforcement of this is okay for at some point in their life that get that thought stuck in their head and then 
they're like, I don't understand. This is totally okay. Everyone told me this is fine. And this is just how I think. Or is it something else like a lack of exposure? I think it's kind of something. Well, yeah. I mean, ultimately all of those things, but the, the problem that I see with it is almost a lack of self-awareness, like subjective self-awareness. Like how, can you step outside of your ego and your identity and your id or whatever you want to call it? Can you separate your thoughts from that and be able to perceive yourself as somebody else would? Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's ultimately why some people are the way that they are is because they don't have the experience or the tools or resources to get to that point. Um, you know, like, <laughs> some of the things people say and do, I just, I'm like, do you think about the things that you say? <laughs> like, do you, do you have any percep like perception of how you are, like, as a person? <laughs> I don't, I, I really think some people don't, and they just do sure. whatever instinctively comes about their thoughts. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, especially thinking on those, along those lines, uh, when I realized, I was listening to a scientist explain how your blood-brain barrier uh, takes tryptophan and it converts it into dopamine. Mm -hmm. And if you have too many, uh, I think, fatty acids or d different chemicals that are yeah. common in food, it outcompetes the tryptophan and then your dopamine level will drop down to that where your, your long-term thinking skills are, are that of a meth addict. I mean, it's that impactful. Oh, wow. And so I think about like food deserts and especially in the country where they've gotten rid of all mom and pop stuff and it's just Walmart and yeah. this and that. And it's like between that and sugar addiction and oh, effects, yeah. like I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But it's sad. Yeah. I mean, I would love to help with those sorts of situations, but at the same time, it's like, how do you, where do you get the information for something like that? You know, um, get the information for what? how do you so you can give to charities you can go and help people who have established uh programs and things like that and you can volunteer mm -hmm. but how do you find past that like the the problems that exist that you don't know about yet um because you're privileged or whatever else you know yeah that's hard without being exposed to it or having someone who truly understands it explain it to you yeah and even then that's just a perspective yeah that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, being very privileged is definitely, it's it's not, it's weird because like with all the social injustice movements and things, being privileged is almost something that's, uh, I don't want to say slur, but it's, it, it, you know, like, oh, you're privileged, you wouldn't understand, to you're almost excluded from the conversations because you don't know and nobody wants to explain it to you and it's like yeah which i, I secret, want yeah it's like i, I want to understand they don't quite fully understand like <laughs> einstein said if he's in, in reference to science that if you don't um if someone can't explain a concept to you simply enough that you understand it they probably don't understand it well enough to begin with yeah and i, I feel like a lot of activist groups get like that to where they're like you don't really know what you're talking about you're just <laughs> fired up because you've been given some information which is true but yeah. you don't have everything yeah yeah for sure i honestly that's that's one of the biggest things i struggle with too is trying to convey my ideas and not sound like a crazy person or a twat <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough one because if people don't have the same base knowledge, it's really hard to make a case for something that requires a couple hours of backstory yes. to truly understand. Yeah. Um, you know, as an example, you're like, oh, what are the big, you know, some of the biggest things that impact you? Like, immediately, I want you to pick paradoxes. <laughs> but that's not going to move the conversation along or really explain much of anything that makes sense to anybody else you know yeah it's like these but, big wide sweeping thoughts from the macro to the micro that just creates all of reality and the complexness of the universe like yeah <laughs> but but that's the thing about the internet is that this doesn't have to be for everyone. It's for yeah. the people that do get it. Just to be like, oh, I'm not alone. I've had that thought. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that, that is uh, something, too, that I need to work on is not really worrying about other people. Um, like, in, in, terms, yeah, in terms of, like, a perspective and stuff. Like, it's not, it's not that I'm concerned with how I look or how I appear to people, I think, as much as it is how I can interact with them. Like, the the focus on interacting with people, like, at least from my perspective, is typically on them and the experience that they're having. And so I guess that's something that's a little different from at least most people that I talk to that are very focused on themselves. And I don't really know how to stop doing <laughs> yeah well and it's it's hard too because you, you you want to express stuff in a way that they're gonna get yeah but there's just some point at which you have to acknowledge that you're never gonna truly you can only guess at what they're thinking or how oh, they're yeah, thinking totally well i mean that and you can also read on you know people's faces their micro expressions things like that you can i think it's I think a good way to put it is I almost experience my own reality myself through the collective of everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, like I experience my reality not necessarily from my point of view, but uh, the point of view of the environment around me. Like, I don't want to say that like a grass or tree or anything like that is uh, conscious of me the way that I would be conscious of me if I'm human, but at the same time, I feel like. My, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> well, like I was, there's a study where they, they put plants in a room and they had a guy come in and they told him, he's in a greenhouse, and they told him, uh, go to that plant and tear it up. And they were measuring the electromagnetic activity of all of them. And they all started freaking out as soon as he started, like, hurting this plant. <laughs> so they had him leave and they came back and, like, mended the plant as best they could. And then they had the, uh, the guy a couple weeks later just come back in the room and they were still measuring electromagnetic electromagnetic activity and they all started freaking out like hmm. they perceive remember and predict that's interesting um not that it's so, the same but well yeah but i mean that's that's the whole that's the whole thing that is exactly i mean that's the the way i experience reality i think is that it's through others um like everything else around me it's i don't really know how to explain it very well <laughs> so it's like because you're conscious of other people and you care about them as other things rather than just being completely self-centered yeah you you let that uh, affect some of your decisions or thinking because you want to take into consideration other things yeah is that kind of in a sense it's like being stuck in this sort of outwardly looking in perspective 
And I, I guess I say stuck is because I don't really know how to sit inside myself, I guess you could say, and experience outwardly. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. I definitely feel like that a lot. I'm overly worried sometimes about what other people think or feel yeah. about stuff. And I'm like, why? But how do I turn this off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, people are like, what do you want? I'm like, nothing. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Nihilist for the most part, I guess. Like, <laughs> I just don't care, don't know. But then when I think about it, it's like, the reason I think I am that way is because everybody else seems to think I'm that way. And so it's like, well, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I spend... Um, I care so much about other people that it gets to the point that it just hurts all the time. And so I have to stop caring at some point to at least to shut it off so I can be happy for a little bit and not yeah. be depressed all the time. Yeah, I mean, who was it? I, I want to say like Taoism or Buddhism or something like that. Some one of the more Eastern philosophies, but they they believe that there is no such thing as happiness, but only like lack of suffering, and that's essentially what happiness is: is the lack of pain. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Everything's weird. Everything is weird. This whole, this whole place. <laughs> I don't know how, how we've gotten to the point that just by existing in a certain geographical area, you negatively impact millions of people. Like, what do you mean? Why? Yeah. Everything. The food you eat, the clothes you buy, the car you drive, all of it. And I, I hate that. I don't know what to do about it, but I hate it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's definitely no easy answers. I wonder if uh, we'll ever get to a point where we can quite literally just construct a society that has perfect information. Like, we were talking about that earlier. I don't, I don't know that there is such thing as perfect information. But I, I think I would settle for a way of us having at least a common base knowledge in the way that the dictionary established what words mean, but that doesn't change what sentences are. It just means we all can be like, oh no, this is what this word means and move on instead of debating about what it means. Hmm. Or even if it's just like the most agreed upon, uh, like like for each word you have a list with a vote up, vote down thing and the one that's <laughs> at the top is the yeah. definition. Yeah. The best articulation of what this means. Well, I mean, that, that could very be a, a possible reality. What if we automated language? <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's transition to um, future in the sense that uh, based on where we are now and the kind of issues that we're aware of now, what do you think we either, like, I'll, I'll let you choose if you want to do as, like, a city, a, a country, a, a planet. Like, what, what do you think we need to focus on in the next five years? Um, each other, definitely. Uh, there's so much, so many social injustices in the world and just fucked up shit. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I really I really think the, the focus needs to be on each other and what we want a collective as the future to be. I mean... But I mean that—that's—that's that's the big joke of it, isn't it? Like, there is no philosopher king. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody that can stand back and be like, "You human beings need to do this." 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of the suffering in the world and a lot of pain that people experience is completely unnecessary. I, I think that we do have the resources and the tools to. I don't even know if fix is the right one, like the right word to use, but to, I guess almost like abolish, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I would love to see a society as well in which it was more based on resource allocation um, that also had to do with the human experience itself. I wouldn't want to standardize it, but I, I think that, you know, the, the basics, if they're met, then what do you do after that? You focus on culture, you focus on art, you focus on philosophy, these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you looked into uh, Bitcoin very much? No. So one of the things that I thought was kind of cool about it is that the way they uh, get more Bitcoins into the system, at least from what I understand, I'm not mm -hmm. an expert, but the way they do it is they use these computers to solve really, really complicated math equations. Yeah. And that, uh, each one that's solved gets more Bitcoin in the system. Mm -hmm. So there's like some inherent value to it rather than just arbitrary, like money currently is in the US. I don't get it. <laughs> so like, so like, I mean, like, I, I understand the idea, but so you can essentially get unlimited amounts of No, there, there's, definitely, there's definitely a limit of how many that will ever be made. I don't know what that is, because, again, I'm not an expert on it, but uh, essentially the concept was... But isn't that still just a fiat currency system? Then? It's, it's finite. It's not sustainable. We'll have to look into it more. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but I know they, they, their goal was to, to create value for mm -hmm. each Bitcoin that's put in rather than just print it up because inflation. Do you study economics at all? Uh, no, I was listening to, um, there was an a Intelligence Squared debate mm -hmm. on it, and then Freakonomics had an episode on it. Freakonomics. I like yeah. Freakonomics. But, um, Steve Levitt. <laughs> yeah, Steve Levitt and uh, what's the other guy? But I like them both. Yeah, they do. They do a very interesting perspective. Yeah, um, yeah. Economics is really interesting stuff. I like it a lot. Uh, you should check out fiat currency systems though, if you don't know. Fiat. Fiat. Um, essentially, it's the idea that because if you if you continue to print more, then it deflates the value. And essentially, it's saying that because it's. The, the big philosophical arc over it is essentially saying that because it's a tangible thing that has no inherent value, then it's going to fail. Uh, it's like the big philo philosophical aspect to it. So there's never been a currency system that has ever succeeded, really. They all fail eventually, whether it's with the empire that's running it or just whatever. I mean, it's like if the U.S. went bankrupt or whatever <laughs> and the u.s is bankrupt but if um okay let's say as an example that there's some crazy revolution and we break off into nation states as instead of a unified nation you know interesting the south rises again or some shit you know <laughs> the, <laughs> the west rises. Center, yeah the confederacy's here to stay um anyways let's say that happens well who's gonna take u.s dollars then? 
each each nation state's going to be in charge of their their own money. But that's the whole joke of it all. Is it doesn't matter. It's not real. So these people who are now creating these other fiat currency systems, there's no. It's it's just like any other one. Like there's no. It's not. You haven't fixed the root core of the problem. Exactly. So is, yeah. And I was recently reading about too. You know, there's uh, so many. Pe- I mean, God is, or excuse me, money is the new God, basically, and it has been for a long time. But people treat it that way, like, oh, if I've got more money, everything's gonna be fine. Oh, if our nation has more money and wealth, it'll be okay. But you know, like, even the thing that we consider to be wealth, you know, like the word wealth, is tied to money goals. Whereas you know, you could have a wealthier abundance of personal relationships, uh, satisfaction in living your life. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, what I was trying to say is that it's not even necessarily tied to the wealth of the nation, like why they fail or whatever, empire. Um, it's always been because of resource allocation and improperly using, allocating your resources. And so I would love to see us back away from things like fiat currency systems like Bitcoin and stuff. Like it's a fun idea, but it's not going to work. It never has worked. It's always failed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I think that I guess in, in terms of the future we need to start considering what we consider to be sustainable um, That's true. and what that means to us as, as human beings but I feel like with money money serves a a, a a niche that you can't achieve with bartering because if someone doesn't want your pigs or your whatever you're trading yeah. you're out of luck but uh, if we think of it as just energy, which is what it really is, then it, it makes a lot, it changes things. So like if you look at Saudi Arabia, all this oil, where that's like a, a, a barren land. Yeah. They haven't necessarily earned that energy that came from you know, millions of years of there actually being plant life and abundance there. Mm-hmm. So you take that and combine with the mentality that comes out of that area, which is this extreme fundamentalism, fundamentalist Islamic ideas which is where ISIS spawned out of and everything. Mm-hmm. So, but if you took away the power, the energy, which is the oil, they wouldn't like, they would just be there. They wouldn't have anything to leverage. They wouldn't have the energy that they do. Yeah. Nor would they be expanding. It's not that, not that they're bad people or anything like that. It's just out of balance. No, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I see, I see money as uh, as a tool almost um, that is completely subjective. You know, uh, if I have a hundred thousand yen and I'm at a store that doesn't take yen, I'm fucked. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where I think, it's kind of going back to like what you were saying with oil as an example. Let's say okay, well we have this much oil well how do we know like how do we distribute that effectively to what and i don't i don't even think it's necessarily like socialism or communism or anything like that as much as i would like to see an idea similar but not to the sort of extent where everything is controlled by one party. I think it would be more interesting to see 
I mean, a combination of like technology, like you were saying, you could even read it up and down, like who wants, you know, upvotes, downvotes, things like that. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'd almost, I'd almost be down with a, a system where instead of depending on anybody at all to make decisions, when, like, if, if the reality is you can't learn everything about everything, like yeah. if you can spend your whole life studying sele- the interaction between selenium and vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Then you don't, you can't know all of organic chemistry, much less any material yeah. science, much less anything. So, I think it just makes more sense for us from the ground up to decide what we want, and then have people that implement that, that transparently. Yeah. Instead of, oh, the president, he's gonna save us. Oh, we need Reagan. What? Get out yeah. Of here. Get out of here. <laughs> that's a that's another interesting thing too. I think. Um, uh, going back to what you're asking about, you know, what do we need to focus on in the future? I, I think the way we think as well. Um, as an example, ownership. You, know, you want to talk about like, I have, I own money or I own this or I own that, but what does that really mean? Um, you know, and we have laws and things along those lines, but where does ownership stop and start? I mean, especially with ideas. Yeah. Because it's like all these patent stuff. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why... rights. <laughs> yeah. Why did we design a system where people could buy patents and then sue other people for money over the, like, I have the deed to this idea, this concept. That's that's crazy, and that's running <laughs> rampant right now. Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah, but I mean, these are, again, these are very old ideas that people are profiting off of that it is in their best interest to keep it going. I totally understand why they're doing <laughs> it. I just don't know why the rest of us are allowing it. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? Well, <laughs> I think when in terms of like patents and uh, copyright and stuff, mm-hmm. the way it was originally set up where it was only good for like, what, maybe 10 or 20 years at the most, that makes more sense. I think it's so. Seven? Fine. Like, whatever it is. Like, if you can't make money off of it in that time, it's, it's just an idea. Like a lightning rod. Like, mm-hmm. why are you going to let people get their house burned down because you want to make money off of this idea? Like, I get yeah. it, but it's just a thing. And once you're dead, it won't matter. But in the meantime, you've let all these people suffer mm-hmm. because you want to make money. But if everyone had food, water, and shelter without debt, there wouldn't be as much of an issue with that, I don't think, because people wouldn't... Like, what are you going to do? Take away my job? I don't care. I already have everything I need. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I mean, the idea of governance in that sort of sense is a strange concept that I just struggle to really grasp why. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I get why in the sense that if there are other groups like, say, the British during the uh, American Revolution... Mm -hmm you need something to be able to defend yourself against that so that you can maintain your way of life. But then we took away other people's to get that in the first place. So it's kind of... Yeah. Humans suck. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, so... That was what you think we should focus on. Now, where do you think, just realistically, from what you've experienced and learned, where do you think we are going in the next five years? I mean, 
seeing the way everything is going now, I really just, I can see things either getting a lot better or a lot worse very quickly. Um, especially because the sorts of liberties that people are just so willing to give up right now in the name of things like security or convenience is a, is a bit frightening because not that we have a, you know a tyrannical state right now, but but we have what was it? Uh, not Dover, one of the counties in Georgia, not far from Atlanta, had a tank until recently. Like, well, yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a whole different. <laughs> thing in and of itself, the, was it 1033 program or whatever? Um, was that the, the Pentagon thing where they gave yeah, money to the they give, Yeah, they give them unused arms and things like that that they were going to use in war, that they built for, that didn't get used or did get used or whatever else. Um, that whole thing is, needs to go away, but... Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what I was saying. No. <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, money and uh, where do you think things are going in the next five years. Oh. Uh, either really good or really bad, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> with uh, with where you see things going, you said either really good or really bad. What? So what are what are some of the things that you've learned that lead you to that conclusion? Oh, um, I consistently see people giving up their liberties for nothing, basically, essentially convenience. And while things can be more convenient. Yeah, I feel that that's limiting. Um, as an example, my laptop and my cell phone have been screwing up pretty bad the last like day or two. It's been driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. However, it's also made me realize how much I depend on them to do things. You know, if I if I need to look up how to do something I don't know how to do and I don't have access to the internet, how do I know how to do it? I gotta hire somebody or call somebody or like I gotta go to the library. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole thing is it's, it's not as convenient and then it's more limiting. So I see, I can see that becoming a problem. Um, just like, you know, in the movie WALL-E or, uh, like with the FCC, yeah. with uh, Comcast and Verizon to yeah. fuck up the internet. Yeah, dude, that neutrality. That's a great thing. <laughs> it's going to really suck when I can't look up how to do something because it takes three yeah. hours to download the video again. Yeah, that's going to be horrible. Um, it, I mean, who knows how that's going to play out, though. So, I mean, that's that's the, 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 the flip of the coin on that is, you know, because everything is getting to be a more convenient space. I mean, what happens when, uh, you know, the, the people that are trying to fight against the oppressions, what, what if they win? And then we just have this, like, crazy fucking utopian. Like, well, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be a utopian, but... You know, this super convenient, everything's easy life. I mean, is that good or bad then? I don't know. I don't think it'll be that, though. I I think people lump together uh, 
foundational things with the crap you put on top of it. Mm -hmm. So like, just because you have open internet doesn't mean that there won't constantly be people trying to mess with it and do stuff. There'll always be struggles, but if you maintain a solid foundation, everyone knows what it is and how it works and why, then we can focus on the stuff above it. Because yeah. we know, oh no, what you're doing up here is gonna mess up this foundation. So that's the reason why, not not some arbitrary argument that's put out in the media or mm -hmm. crap articles. Yeah. I, th I think that's where a lot of uh, societies fail when they're trying to pass information from generation to generation. They like, Especially with religion is a good example, how you've got mm -hmm. centuries of telling people what to do, but you don't really explain them why, because yeah. there's a reason you don't want them to know why. And then they wake up one day and be like, um, this is dumb. Yeah. Um, so... Moving on from that, what uh, what do you think you want to do in the next five years? I want to do in the next five years? Mm -hmm. Probably travel. Um, I'm probably going to do the Appalachian Trail. And then I think past that, I really just want to interact with people and challenge the way they think. Um, you know, like, why do you think the way that you do? Who are you? Who do you think you are? That sort of thing. Um, I really like discussing those sorts of fringe philosophical concepts, I guess, you know, like what, you know, I said it could be really good or really bad. I mean, that doesn't really say anything. Like, what is good? What is bad? You know, I mean, that's, that's the whole, you're going to frustrate a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can talk for hours and say nothing and still say everything by saying nothing. I mean, maybe you need your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've thought about that actually. Um, I've thought about, you know, starting a blog, documenting my travels, my interactions with people and, you know, shows, all the random things that I, I think about. I started doing a, a portfolio online, like for all the different things that I do, bobbytaylor.info. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yep. Go for it. <laughs> um, so that has like your music and everything else to do? Yeah, sort of. Um, I don't really know how I want to format it. Um, it it's got some fire spinning, some music stuff, some you know, business stuff, consulting. Uh, I mean, that's that is the question. You know, what do I want to do in the next five years? <laughs> yeah. So maybe the the thing to do in the next five years is figure out what you want to do with the next five. Basically, years. yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult because. You know, I am really privileged. I, I have a lot of information and I can have a lot of resources at my disposal. And so, you know, do I be completely selfless and do something else? Do I be more selfish? I mean, what, I don't know, the processes. Nobody, nobody gives you instructions. And so, I guess it's just more of what I've been doing, figuring shit out for myself <laughs> sounds good yeah this is what I've been doing my whole life <laughs> alright well um, I think that camera died so it's probably yeah. a good time to go ahead and end but uh, thank you that was yeah. I really love getting to know what other people think and how they see the world so it's uh, overwhelmingly <laughs> been a pleasure though. yeah <laughs> alright cool well, everybody, uh, 
If you want to know more about Bobby, check out his website. What was it again? BobbyTaylor.info. BobbyTaylor.info. And I'll see you guys next time.